Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. The arcade was my church. I thought I was Rastan, so for Ooh, people, I was Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. Happy Thanksgiving, all you people out there. Uh, I am not spending the morning watching New York City spread the coronavirus up and down the streets with the Thanksgiving Day Parade, so here I am with you instead. And there's no place I'd rather be. So Thanksgiving morning here, plenty of stuff going on. In this episode, we're going to continue that series where we look at modern consoles, all the major console manufacturers, and find out what would it take if I were to start right now and try to release, develop, publish an indie game on this console. What would it take starting now? So this time, by request... Somebody started this series and went, man, I can't wait to hear what you find out about Nintendo. I couldn't wait either, so let's do Nintendo next. This is something I've looked at in the past. Some things have changed, some have not. But first, quick plug at the top of the show here. This Saturday, November 28th, starting at 4 a.m. Central Time, where I am, but 10 a.m. GMT, There's a free live via Facebook conference called Game Dev Camp 2020 that's happening. They have very kindly asked me to submit a talk. And uh, based on the the time difference, I wasn't sure when they were doing it at the time. And I thought there's a lot going on. So I asked if I could submit my presentation pre-recorded. And they were happy to have me do that. So uh, I submitted a pre-recorded talk to Game Dev Camp 2020, which will happen live via Facebook. You can uh, check out a talk I did that I, uh, I hinted about this earlier, but they, they haven't announced all the speakers yet and everything that's going on yet, so I kind of sat on that information for a while. But this is the weekend. If you want to hear my talk, just um, I'll put links in the show notes both to the uh, event page and to the Facebook page where it will happen. You can check that out. They'll put a schedule out, I'm sure, here in the next couple of days. You know, it's not just me. There's a lot of great people giving presentations on a variety of topics this, uh, this group is based in Portugal, and it's geared toward students, indies, uh, all kinds of developers, and it, I think it's a great thing they're doing. This, this group is great. I have friends on the inside who uh, put this stuff together and uh, people I've known for a while, so I really encourage you to support that group and check out what they're doing this weekend. And uh, after that, I'm sure my presentation will be around YouTube and available to check out, uh, you know, in a couple of places. So I will post that up and, uh, you know, maybe play some clips or maybe play the whole thing sometime next week on the podcast. Who knows? But check that out. And then let's go ahead and get into our topic for the show, which is developing for uh, primarily for Switch. But we're, we're going to talk about a few different things. Let's jump into it. If you want to develop a game for the Switch, I've registered for several of the console manufacturers developer programs in the past. I signed up for Nintendo's developer program a couple of years ago, at least now. It was in our, we lived in our old house. I was super excited because I was like, yeah, I'm going to make a Nintendo game because I grew up a Nintendo player. I first got the Nintendo Entertainment System when I was about six. Yeah, man, my son's almost that age now. So at about six, I got my Nintendo Entertainment System. I was obsessed with it from that day forward magical time in my life and it really got me through quite a bit so 
here as an adult, obviously it's very appealing to me to find a way to put out a game on a console from the manufacturer I grew up with. Nintendo will always be special to me. Sega 2, once the console wars heated up, I jumped over to Sega for a while. Love those systems. And so I went, I'm going to make a Switch game. So I signed up, signed an NDA. There's a lot I can't tell you about. But you know what? Most of the interesting info is public-facing. So there's not that much that you need to know behind the scenes. The overall process is pretty transparent. We're going to see a lot of parallels to Microsoft's program governing how you develop for the Xbox. So some of this will sound very familiar. Just like Xbox, Nintendo has a developer landing page. It's just developer.nintendo.com. You go there and it's this marketing page about like, hey, you can be an indie, you can be a developer superstar. They all say the same stuff. But the main call to action here is to register with the developer program. And this is not to collect fees. I'm pretty sure there's no fee just to sign up for the developer program. The main event here is you're signing a form, letting them know who you are, and then you'll sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, saying that, you know, what's behind this wall, you can't go telling everyone about it. I don't really know why. It's not, it's not a big, there's nothing really interesting. It's just more information about, you know, how to, how to do what you're doing. Because again, the process is very simple. You register for access to Nintendo developer tools and resources to create and publish games. This is according to their public-facing page, by the way. Uh, and applications, if you want to develop an app. And this page shows the Switch, but it also shows the 3DS and the Wii U, which I found kind of interesting. I thought, are those even still supported? The answer to that is complicated. The, there are uh, they, they say there are resources provided for multiple development environments, including HTML5, that should come as a surprise. <laughs> Certainly did to me. Unity, which is no surprise, and then native C++ software development, which is uh, great. Uh, I'm not a superhero like that. I don't do just straight up C++ game development, even though C++ was one of the first languages I learned. But the HTML5 claim was the big surprise for me. And I, I looked that up. I thought, is that part of like a side program they were thinking about for a while? Surely this is not just like full-on supported by the Switch. You can't just release an HTML5 game, right? Well, you kind of can. I looked this up further, and this turned out to be legit. CrossCode, if you've never played CrossCode, I think it's in Game Pass. I think that's where I played it. It's a pretty cool game. I didn't finish it or anything, but I was impressed by what they set up. Like, it's just a neat, cool vibe, like, techno-fantasy thing. Little RPG elements and stuff. Um... But CrossCode, as I learned, was developed entirely in HTML5 and JavaScript. The developer said in his Steam blog that they used the ImpactJS framework and then like heavily modified that, and that became the engine for this HTML5 game. And you would I had no idea. Apparently, all the console versions are based on HTML, HTML5 and JavaScript, and it uses some kind of C++ wrapper, so... In the end, it's technically a C++ application, but all the development was done with HTML5. I couldn't believe that. I've definitely developed my share of web games. None of them are this impressive, but I am impressed that anyone got a game out that had such widespread adoption. This game is everywhere, and it's pretty popular. So you have Unity, you have C++, and you have HTML5. Great. So that's pretty cool. 
Nintendo requires an overview of any planned project as well as your development history. So again, we're two for two on console manufacturers who start on the landing page with their marketing copy going, anybody can do this. Come on, one and all. It doesn't matter your experience level. It doesn't matter your background. And then you start to sign up and uh, fill out this form and they go, well, your background does matter a little bit. So let us know what trailers you have what shipped projects you have, send us your business name. Like all the manufacturers want your company information. If you haven't started a business, don't bother trying to ship on a console. It's just not really going to work. With the exception of the creators program for Xbox that we talked about last time, that's so freaking difficult to actually do. So other things on this page, they have a little news feature where Nintendo basically just announces their appearances. Like we're going to this expo and we're going to this conference and they haven't updated that in over a year, which is probably the right thing. Cause obviously this year we have a pandemic, but uh, there's more, there's more marketing copy. Everybody is welcome. No problem. No experience. No problem. They say, and then their form is like, let us know what, what projects you've shipped or get out. <laughs> They say, we're here to help you regardless of your level of experience in game development. And that one panel provides no link to more information. (laughs) There's a section for tools that says tools can simplify and aid your development. Check out some of the middleware tools that you can use when developing for Nintendo. So we go through the list. It says Unity. You can create any 2D or 3D game with Unity. You can make it with ease. You can make it highly optimized and beautiful and you can deploy it with a click to more platforms than you have fingers and toes. I'm surprised Nintendo includes this because they clearly don't have more platforms than I have fingers and toes because I was never in a horrible accident and only have three fingers or toes. They say, what's more, you can use Unity's integrated services. To As an adjective, it means of an institution, body, etc. desegregated. Siri thinks I asked for a definition just now. Did not happen. Where was I? Nintendo says... You can use Unity's integrated services to speed up your development process, optimize your game, connect with an audience, and achieve success. All your dreams will come true. I added that last part. Unity for Wii U stopped being distributed. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. For more information, see Unity's website. So apparently what it was was they supported the Wii U through unity and i don't know if that was it but that was a big selling point and then they were like by the way unity doesn't really do that anymore so we'll talk in a minute about unity's situation or uh, the wii u's situation i mentioned this because of this next bullet point i found this interesting the nintendo dev interface is something they advertise our newest gem in the box is the ndi client ndi stands for nintendo dev interface but it's really going to be your new best friend it really says that you guys it's re- <laughs> it's really going to be your new best friend ah the ndi client will help make sure you have the optimal development environment on your development system by downloading and installing it all for you exclamation point You can tailor it to the platform you're developing for, the SDK you want, even the region you're working in. This becomes important because Nintendo consoles have a lot of odd, like, region requirements, and they don't all work the same way depending where you are geographically. It allows for easy download of work. Oh, it allows for easy download of all the relevant guidelines and documentation you need to do your work. It even allows you to update the firmware of certain development kits. 
Nintendo is still doing hardware development kits. Uh, on the Xbox side, we saw last time it was optional. Any Xbox is potentially a developer box. You just download an app and activate that mode, and it's great. The Switch does not do that. So if you want to develop on Switch, you will need... I think you will absolutely require a development box. I'm not sure you can like use Unity and just ship without testing it on the hardware. I don't think that works. And so that's all they say in terms of tools and middleware. And then they go on to talk about the Nintendo eShop. Self-publish your game. Once your game is complete, you can self-publish it on the Nintendo eShop with the price and release date entirely up to you. Now, don't they make that sound easy? We've heard from enough people at this point. We know it is not that easy. They don't mention certification for one thing, and that's apparently notoriously difficult by comparison to some of the other things you could do with your game. Certification is definitely a process. But speaking of processes, there's a link that says the process, and it, it mentions these steps under <laughs> this uh, publisher game process. Create your account. We talked about that. Prepare for Nintendo development. So you sign into the portal using your new account and accept the non-disclosure agreement. I don't know why they hit this so hard. There's an NDA. It's not a big deal. You accept the terms of service. You gain access to platform SDKs. Again, this is they mentioned this publicly. You get developer support and more information on how to get started. So now you have a pretty good idea what's in the portal behind the NDA. They pretty much spill those beans right here. This will sound familiar. Next step, create your game. We'll wait. TikTok. We'll wait right here. You develop and test your game. To help develop your game, they say, Nintendo provides plenty of documents for each platform. Those are a good starting point if you encounter any problem. If something is unclear or not covered by documentation on the portal, you will find forum sections, there's another thing they reveal, in Japanese and English, where you can ask for help from the Nintendo Software Development Support or... Ask for it from the Development Support... Yeah, that's worded strangely. Or other developers. Your experience is also welcome. So there's a forum, they say. Great. Prepare to sell your game is the next step. When your game nears completion, you can start preparations for the release of your game. Sign a publishing agreement. So there's another agreement. This is uh, sort of familiar if you have read about the old days of NES development where the publishing agreement was this big deal. You had to buy the cartridges from Nintendo and there was just huge expense, crazy rules, crazy certification. Apparently, not all of that has changed. But you sign a publishing agreement, obtain an age rating. So we're talking ESRB and the equivalent in uh, the UK and all that stuff. And submit your game for review by Nintendo. So apparently, you publish, you sign the publishing agreement. You get the age rating. And then... You submit it for review by Nintendo. I wouldn't have thought that step would be earlier in that process. So unless they put this out of order just in this paragraph, you go through all this last minute stuff and then put your game in review? I don't know. Somebody let me know if you know. Before you can publish your product, you'll need to submit it to Nintendo for reviewing. They say that twice. That's the very next paragraph. This process is necessary to ensure that the game can be safely played and conforms to Nintendo production standards. It is a good idea to keep in mind the Nintendo guidelines during the entire development process. I don't know where you find those exactly. Submit your PR materials is the final step, I guess, before selling your game. 
Once you're ready to launch your game, you can provide Nintendo with all of the necessary promotional material so that we can prepare your new games page on the eShop and online catalogs. What this is like is if you've been through the mobile publishing process, think about that form where you have to go and upload screenshots, trailer, marketing copy, pricing information. It's, it's just like that. Finally, sell your game. Once you've released your game, we can give you the necessary tools to provide post-launch support for your product. Whether this takes the form of downloadable content, updates to the game to fix issues, or price promotions. And there you are. You're a rock star indie developer now. I guess. So that's the process. If you want to hear somebody talk about this from uh, the perspective of someone who's successfully done it, when I interviewed Michael Hicks, the developer of The Path of Modus and Pillar, he, he put out The Path of Modus on the Nintendo Switch. So he has been through this process. He created the game on the PC, released it on the PC, put it on Xbox. One of the last places he put it was Nintendo Switch. And he, we talked about that in our interview, and he was the first one to tell me, like, that certification process is a little bit extra compared to what you would do elsewhere. My impression is this is a series of, like, tests you have to run. Uh, it has to perform in a certain way. Things have to load in a certain time. So when they say, make this game in Unity, and it's just the easiest thing ever, that might not necessarily be true. And other developers have sort of alluded to that also. Everyone's scared to say anything that might violate their NDA. But if you go back now, there are some interviews with some of the earliest Switch developers who seem like they've really been through something. So if you want to get an idea, go look up some of those. Look up some of the first indie games on the Switch. Because if you'll remember, the way I recall it is, it was tough to be an indie on Switch for the first like year or two because they weren't, le they weren't working with anybody. They picked a, a small handful of people whose games they wanted on the platform. And I guess we have this problem a lot in, in the console manufacturing space. A lot of those manufacturers don't really want to just give indies free reign. They don't want just any indie game because they don't want to turn into the crazy asset flip part of Steam, which I, I get. Or itch. Sorry, itch people. But, you know, we all know we have to compete with some garbage <laughs> on those open platforms. Nintendo doesn't want that. They've been a stickler for quality since the 80s. Maybe before. Was it before? At least the early 80s. They've been crazy about letting third parties develop stuff and they, you know, think about the Nintendo seal of approval or seal of, uh, what is it? <laughs> you guys are going to roast me for, for forgetting this. Seal of uh, quality? The official Nintendo seal of quality, I think it was. Anyway, the cool little thing, the sticker that was on the cartridges back in the day. Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, App Figures. App Figures is all about helping game makers get more downloads and revenue. You know AppFigures for analytics and app store optimization. Now AppFigures can help you track competitors, from downloads and earnings to their audience demographics and even which SDKs they use. Their competitor intelligence gives great context. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news, with AppFigures you can see if that brought in more downloads. Have a new app or game idea? AppFigures will show you how big the market is and how much you could earn. Whether you're growing your app or building a new one, App Figures can help you reduce risk and get more downloads without a huge budget or a data science degree. It's affordable and simple. 
AppFigures provides guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step -step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. Head to appfigures.com slash on slash gamedevbreakdown to try AppFigures for free. If you like it, use our special code GDB3030 to get 30% off for three months. Again, that's GDB3030 to get 30% off for three months. Big thank you to AppFigures for sponsoring the show. So they're not going to just let anything on the Switch. So you got to bring your A game and you should probably be ready to have this thing kicked back to you once or twice during the process if you're, if you're a first timer. So let's talk about the actual consoles supported here. Like I said, this shows the Switch, obviously. The Switch is going to be supported for a long time. But the, the pictures, and this is in several places and in several places in the marketing copy, they mention the Wii U and the 3DS. So that begs the question, could I start today and release a new game for the Wii U? Apparently the answer is yes. There was an article from not too long ago, I'm talking months, I think it was about September 2020. This article is called The Wii and the... Aha! Uh -huh. So look at this. The Wii and Wii U are still getting games in 2020. This uh, article is by Michael McWerther at Polygon, uh, link in the show notes. It says, basically, Nintendo's Wii and Wii U platforms will get a new game this summer. Shakedown Hawaii, developer V-Blank Entertainment's 2019 sequel to Retro City Rampage. Both versions will be released this summer, June. I looked it up, and this uh, came out in June. So Shakedown Hawaii came out a while ago. But the developer decided, we're going to put this on the Wii and the Wii U. And the, <laughs> the Wii is like 14 years old. So... They did a limited physical run. That was the catch. I don't think you can get one of the versions in North America, something like that. But the point is, you can still release Wii U games. And apparently, you can release Wii games. Which, like, what the hell? I, I had no idea. So, let's go on and ask the same question about the 3DS. Eurogamer had an article about this. Again, link in show notes. It was called, Nintendo 3DS Officially Discontinued. But they only meant the hardware. This is by uh, Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. He got a quote from somebody at Nintendo that said, We can confirm that the manufacturing of the Nintendo 3DS family of systems has ended. Nintendo and third-party games for Nintendo 3DS family of systems will continue to be available in Nintendo eShop or Nintendo.com and at retail. So, the hardware is no longer being manufactured, but you can still make 3DS games. I, uh, I don't know how 3DS games do in the market. I don't know how new ones sell. I would imagine it would be not great. I mean, Nintendo itself has kind of moved on to mobile. They contract with indie, indie studios all the time and make these, like, they're famous now for these kind of one-handed uh, Nintendo games based on, like, what, Dr. Mario, Mario Kart. There's a Super Mario one. And they're okay. They're very mobile-y. You can't just sit down and play them all day and have this great compelling experience. There's little gimmies everywhere and little gotchas, timers and stuff, tickets, super irritating features of mobile that you've heard me rant about for weeks now. But point is, Nintendo seems to have shifted its focus to accept the world of smartphones, which we, I suspected that was coming for a while. I don't know that Nintendo will never release another handheld system. That seems to be their thing. And Nintendo does not like change. <laughs> we know this. We know Nintendo likes to do things the way they've always done because the company goes back to, like, the 1800s. 
and they're just going to do what they're going to do. So they they look at the extremely long game and they do what's safe and they stockpile money and they don't let people impact their I mean, they're, they're not emotional about, about business at all. They don't feel the need to pivot quickly or be agile in any way. They just do what they're going to do. So they could release another, another handheld system, but they could also expand in their smartphone market, especially if they're working with indies, which I think is cool. But that, at high level, is Nintendo platform development. So if you're a new indie and you want to see a game on the Switch, for example... If you have a background, if you have a little bit of a track record, you can probably just join the developer program, pitch Nintendo, and if they like what they see and they like your idea, they'll probably work with you, let you get your special version of Unity that can target the Switch, or you can set up to do, you know, apparently you can do HTML5 and JavaScript. I think that's extremely cool. If they can use those technologies, I don't see why they don't just open this up to more of a version of Microsoft's creators program, why not put together like a, a little side store or a section in the main store that goes, uh, you know, we were opening this up to, you know, don't call them web developers, but they're game developers who use web technologies. And I feel comfortable with that description because I've done that many times. I've put together numerous HTML and JavaScript games. I think it's a great way to make games. And for some reason, I don't know why this is, but for some reason that feels more approachable sometimes. If you look at Phaser, uh, which is a great JavaScript framework, now you can do it all with like HTML5 and the Canvas thing. You, you can get started in game development with pretty approachable feeling technology because you're not using specialized software. You can use like Atom or Notepad. It doesn't matter. You can just punch in the code, learn the code, and off, off to the races. It's very nice. And test in your browser. It's I always kind of liked that experience. I've done game jams that way, and now apparently someone has made a major console game this way. And I couldn't be happier to see it. That's great. If you're a newish indie developer or you don't know exactly what you want to put on the Switch, I would suggest starting on the PC side. I would do that thing that we all hear from everybody that nobody likes. and go, You can't start with the console you want to develop on. You have to make your thing on the PC, build it up, and then port it to the consoles. In the Switch case, yeah, probably. If you're new, if you're not established yet, if you're a superhero indie developer that everyone knows about, Nintendo's probably going to work with you. But the rest of us, because I am definitely not in that group, uh, I would have to prove myself first. And I couldn't just send them the mobile game I did. I don't think they would care about that in the slightest. So, again, not the most encouraging news, but it can be done. So if you want to start now, plan something out, work your way up, you could get yourself on the Switch, and I don't have... I don't really have the same concerns I have on the Xbox side in terms of like approachability and support. Like I think Nintendo's probably a little more eager at this point to work with indies than maybe Xbox is. That might not be the most popular opinion. You might disagree. If you have experience that says different, okay, fair enough. Before we hang this up, there are a couple of cool alternatives you can use to do some Nintendo development. And I worded that carefully. Here's why. First of all, there is a game on the Switch called Fuse 4. And what Fuse 4 is, is actually a game engine in and of itself. It uses like a basic type language and it has its own assets. And if you download and install this, you can learn how to make your own games on the Switch that 
operate within this game itself. So you're not going to make your own Switch games that you can like sell. But if you just say you have a new person in your life that wants to learn game development, a kid, a friend, something like that, you can easily download Fuse 4, apparently. I have not tried it, but it has this pretty simple language to use and all these cool assets and you can make 2D games, 3D games, networked games. That's pretty great. So it it has pretty high reviews. Uh, many developers have reviewed this online and say they like it. What's amazing is it will support a keyboard. So you can plug your keyboard into your Switch, like you could dock the Switch, plug the keyboard in, and now, for the first time and the only time, your Switch can be a development machine. This is not supported any other way, including developing actual Switch games. This is the only way I've heard of that you can plug a keyboard in and make a game on your Switch. And then other people with Fuse, like you can share this game, but the other people have to have Fuse 4 also. And it's like 15 or 20 bucks. It's not very much. But if you're just dying for a fun project and you just love the idea of seeing a game you made on the Switch, whether it can make you any money or not, that's not, not bad. That's a way to do it. So I like that. I like that it exists. I don't know if I'm going to use it for anything. I looked at this and went, if if there was a way, if Fuse 4 was also on the PC or something like that, and I could like interchange and swap back and forth, that might be something because then you could you could at least release the game on the PC and play with it that way. To me, it didn't look like that was the case. I was not able to find any evidence of this engine being supported anywhere else. So in that light, it looks to me like they just made this engine to run on the Switch inside the Switch game, and you could make a game for inside the game. Still very cool. And if you're just, again, if you're just itching, like maybe you're working with your kids or a, a nephew or a niece or whatever, if there's somebody you want to teach some game development to, this is a pretty impactful experience that you can go, hey, we'll we'll put it on the Switch. We'll, we'll do this game on the Switch, and you can say you made a Switch game. That's pretty great. Well, let's go back to little young Toddy, six or seven years old. If there was a way to do this on the NES, I would have lost my freaking mind. Could you imagine? I would have never been the same. <laughs> By 10, I would be a professional developer. Um, and who knows? Maybe that's how my son will get into it. He seems more interested in uh, mama's work than daddy's work. But that's still very cool. And I mean... Look around. If you don't know this, almost every kid learns programming now. The school systems love it. I've been invited to speak at several schools already to talk about code and try to get kids excited about it and stuff. And I, I could not be more excited about that. I love that. I couldn't get into programming until my last year of high school. And by that time, I was already signed up for tech school. So it's it wasn't really able to like grab any, lure any new kids in and go like, hey, this is a cool technology. It'll pay your bills. You can have a great career, whether you work in games or not, then you can do whatever you want on the weekend. So I'm super excited that very young kids are getting into this stuff now because it can, it can change your life. And I'm not looking at just like, you can make video games and video games are good. I was a destitute kid. I was absolutely broke. My fam like no one in my family. I'm I'm trying to think right now. I can't think of anyone I know for sure in my family. You know, generations before me, I don't I don't know that anyone went to college at all. So think about a family like that who they they did not push me in the direction of college. They 
I can recall my mom saying like, you should go to college, but she also sounded like it was not her problem. And in fact, I paid for most of it. So, uh, kids who are at a sharp disadvantage, technology like this and programs like this could save their lives. I'm not exaggerating. It could take them out of very dark and very hopeless situations and give them a chance to fend for themselves the way it did for me. I first figured out that game development was an option when I was about 13. And we want to talk about Thanksgiving. I am so thankful. Like, I'm getting a little emotional right now. Like, I am so thankful that I was able to walk myself across town to the library, look in their super dusty old code books, and learn languages from 10 and 15 years ago, just so I could get into that mindset, so I could make those connections in my brain that might make me smarter and make me more capable. And I went to any tech school that would accept me, and one did, and gave me a shot. And I took that shot, and it changed everything. Everything was different as a result of that decision. I'm sorry to those of you who have heard this story a couple of times, but I'm finding new people are jumping on board every, not even every week, because we do two shows a week, and in every show we get a couple of new people who haven't heard my situation. And that, in a nutshell, was my situation. Super poor growing up, graduated high school in a house with no power that was being foreclosed on, but I got a chance to pay my way through tech school, and that saved my life. So when you hear me talk about this stuff, like, why is this guy so amped up about this stuff? This stuff matters. This stuff makes a difference because the technology behind video games is very important in today's world. And I don't have to tell you, you guys know that, but this makes the world go around and it's going to continue to make the world go around. And so kids who get interested in this stuff have power. They have a chance. It's really important. You know, if you decide, eh, maybe I won't develop for the Switch, keep this other stuff in mind. You know, stuff like Fuse 4, where you can show somebody, here I plugged in a keyboard and we can learn how to make a game together. Don't take that for granted. That stuff's important. Here's something not maybe not as important. <laughs> uh, if you've never heard of NES Maker, it has a foundation in, there was a documentary called, I think it was called The New 8-Bit Heroes. And it was basically a story about a guy who grew up, grew up similar to me, uh, loved the NES, got into software development as a result of that. And he went back and went, I would love to make an NES game. Many of us have done this at some point, but he was very serious about it. He assembled a small team and came up with a plan. Like, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And uh, the documentary, like some people like it, some people don't. I thought it was okay. <laughs> the reason the documentary was interesting to me is one of the very first people I interviewed as a freelance journalist in a, in a paid capacity I did a lengthy interview with a homebrew developer who was in this documentary. And I later found out he had already filmed his segment for this documentary and he didn't really say anything. The guy was a little bit difficult. And in fact, he, from my perspective, he said something dishonest to me during the interview that ended up getting me in trouble later. Because I asked him a question like, uh, has the following ever happened to you? And it, it involved legal matters about homebrew stuff his answer was yes. And so when I published that, he left something in the comments that disputed his own statement. And then, then you know, my editors come after me like, what the hell happened? Well, <laughs> what I said was like, uh, his statement completely contradicts what he's saying now in the comments. That That's the issue. I'm not going to go too far into that, but of all things that really stuck out to me. And then I later watched this movie and he's in this movie. I'm like, I can't freaking believe this. 
that's not the reason I'm bringing this up. The reason I'm bringing this up, the software that the guy created to make his game, he later repackaged that as an engine, which will let you make homebrew NES games. So he now sells that as a product, which is smart. Because now, now we found a way to make money off this. Other than, other than the freaking movie he made, <laughs> I don't, I don't have any beef with that guy. Godspeed, have fun. But NES Maker is now available for like thirty six bucks in U.S. currency. It's a homebrew engine that lets you uh, make basically ROMs that you could play in an emulator, or if you want, you could get into like actual console cartridge development and put your game on a real NES cartridge and, you know, play it, which is cool. I think that's very cool. Or if you want, you can use this as a jumping point and then dive into 6502 assembly language, which is what's really used to make NES games. And if you get that far into it, whoo, that's a ton of work, a ton of intelligence you're going to have to uh, put to use for really nothing but a sense of accomplishment. There's nothing you can do <laughs> with that game you make other than show it around the internet and have it on a cartridge if you want. So if you want that to be your hobby, best of luck to you. I don't have it in me. <laughs> but a uh, cool product. So if you're if you're just obsessed with the idea of making any Nintendo game, this might be a way for you. So that's all I have on the topic of nin- modern Nintendo development and not so modern Nintendo development. We will uh, tackle a different platform next time. We have an interview with somebody who I, uh, I won't reveal who just yet, but there will be an interesting interview next Thursday on the Thursday show. So uh, you, you won't want to miss that. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, feel free to subscribe anywhere. Hit the follow button on Spotify. We're, we're all over the place. We have a Discord server. If you didn't know about that, you can go to CodeWritePlay.com and search for Discord. You, the uh, link will come right up for you. We do a weekend show, which is just kind of a laid-back wrap-up of the week where we listen to licensed music from Spotify, which is something cool we get to do. That's called Game Dev Breakdown Radio. So hit the follow button there, too. You can follow us on social, at GameDevPod on Twitter, at CodeWritePlay on Twitter, and I am at Mechatodzilla with one D and two L's on Twitter. And I, I love hearing from you guys. So it's fun to see people follow the show every week, jump on discord with us and recommend show topics, drop feedback. You know, I, I talk to everybody about this stuff all the time and that's why I enjoy doing this. I don't do as much freelance journalism anymore because this takes up quite a bit of time and I still want to have some time left over to work on my own game projects and stuff like that. So uh, this is the main event now. So I love that. I love getting to do this with you guys all the time. And you want to talk about Thanksgiving. I am so thankful for this and for all of you listeners and people who interact on social media. Uh, there's nothing else like this. I've done many things now. This is one of a kind and we've built this together and I sure appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you. Don't forget if you want to check out my presentation for game dev camp 2020, Check the show notes. There's a link to the group page. There's a link to the event. And, uh, you know, that'll be a fun way to spend the weekend. So I'm looking forward to it. Hope to catch some of you guys in the chat over on that side. And I will be back with uh, Game Dev Breakdown Radio this weekend. So don't even work hard if you if you don't. I normally sign off with work hard. Uh, it's, it's holiday break time. Enjoy the break. Play some games. Hang out with some family. Eat some good food. And I will catch you guys this weekend. Thank you, everybody. Congratulations on your 
game dev breakdown, whatever that is. It sounds idiotic to me. Yeah.